0: So for this week's episode, given what we talked about last week with Pete, where he shared about bipolar one disorder and kind of how he's managing, I decided to do a quick overview and kind of cover some of the signs, the symptoms, i.e. the criteria, along with the treatment of bipolar one to give some education and better understanding to kind of help you all out. So let's just jump right into it. So first and foremost, let's talk about the prevalence of bipolar one just in the US. It's roughly about 2.8% of the population, which is actually about four times less than depression. Major depression is about 10% or so of the general US population, which is quite significant. And between men and women, there isn't really significant difference. It's sitting around 2.8, 2.9% respectively. So now let's jump into the signs and the symptoms, i.e. the criteria that I use or that we use to diagnose bipolar 1 disorder. So let's go. So first and foremost, bipolar 1 disorder requires that the individual has what's called a manic episode, and that is part of the initial requirement of being diagnosed. And what a manic episode is, is a distinct period of abnormally or persistent elevated expansive or irritable mood, and abnormally and persistently increased goal-directed activity or energy, and again, lasting at least a week, if not more, present most of the day. The second part is during this period of a mood disturbance or increased energy activity, there's three or more of these upcoming symptoms. And four, if the mood is only irritable. So let's go ahead and jump into these seven. Number one, an inflated self-esteem or grandiosity. Number two, a decreased need for sleep. An example would be maybe someone's feeling rested after sleeping two or three hours, but having all this energy. Number three, they are more talkative than usual or kind of this pressure to keep talking. Maybe they're hyperverbal is another term where they just keep talking and talking and talking, almost like you can't get a word in. Again, which is quite different than their typical behavior. Number four, they might have what's called a flight of ideas or subjective experience, like thoughts racing. And flight of ideas, meaning they're ping-ponging around from all these maybe things they want to create Or uh, business ideas, things like that kind of bouncing around. Number five, highly distracted, really easily to distract. And they're kind of easily drawn to things that are irrelevant, uh, unimportant. Your friends can see it. People will observe this. Number six, there's an increase in kind of goal-directed activity. This could be related to work or school or socially, or even people can act out sexually or maybe act out in some other activities. And finally, number seven, there can be an Involvement in activities that have a high potential for painful consequences. So some examples of that would be going and spending thirty thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars on something you don't have the money for, or maybe having foolish business investments, kind of investing in a bunch of things that really you have no really no interest in following through later. So these are the seven kind of uh, main criteria that must be met. And again three or four if it's only irritability, and the next part of diagnosing. a manic episode is that this mood disturbance is sufficiently severe to cause a marked impairment in a social or occupational functioning or it can necessitate immediate hospitalization to prevent harm of self or others because there's possible what's 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 called psychotic features. So and this episode is not attributable to other things like a substance abuse, like um, you know, alcohol or other drugs like an amphetamine. Now people with bipolar one can also have and go into a major depressive episode falling, but not always. So people with bipolar one, they have to have a severe manic episode and they will not necessarily have, again, a depressive episode. They might. But it's not required to have the diagnosis. That's something that we'll talk about maybe in another recording later about bipolar 2. So now let's jump into the treatment for bipolar disorder. What we know, based on research, is really it's best addressed by two things, both medication and psychotherapy. Now, let's talk about medication. So not everyone is going to require medication for long term. Some people require it for short term, or maybe only during their kind of manic episodes or depressive episodes. And there's various medications out there, like antipsychotic, mood stabilizers, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, or a combination. And often, this individual will work with a trained physician, a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist to help manage their medications to best treat the individual's particular context. And number two, psychotherapies. And that's going to come from an array of different modalities to help the individual. Things like mindfulness-based cognitive therapy or just mindfulness techniques, deep breathing and grounding techniques, building on an awareness of kind of mind, body, and soul, which is often coming from mindfulness practices, helping the individual become aware of, are they kind of coming into a manic state to kind of catch the signs and symptoms? People use, again, an array of other modalities too to help treat, to equip the individual really around awareness and skills to manage um, along with the medication something else that we have found to be helpful that I've even used with some of the people that I've worked with that are struggling and have bipolar disorder are different ways of tracking their mood and actually there's some really good apps out there and, and I'm not I don't get any money for this I'm not an affiliated with these apps in any way and some of the apps that I like that have great reviews that I've even kind of played with and I've had some of my clients use are these kind of few that stand out to me it's eMoods Daylio, iMood Journal T2 mood tracker and there are other ones out there but those are just some of the ones that I've seen I've had some of my clients use. I've also kind of played around with them and they tend to be pretty good. They're very similar. They have some slight differences, but they're really good with kind of overall tracking to really help the individual become aware of their moods. Are they heading into a manic state? Are they kind of beginning to dive into a depressive state? And that's really important because it's helpful for the individual to kind of know where their body's heading so they can best take care of themselves, whether it's, you know, adjusting medication, whether it's getting back into therapy, you know, looking at their diet, looking at their kind of holistic health. And so this was, a quick overview and I really hope you found this helpful and educational this is again a quick overview of what bipolar 1 disorder is some of the prevalence the signs the symptoms as well as the the treatment so until next time have a great day thanks for joining and listening today please leave a comment and review the show dads are tough but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone